Pondering the Bible. A deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host, Ken Corkins, and with me, as always, is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Ellison. Hello. This is Season 10, Episode 2, and as usual, we pray that we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so not a whole lot other than to say we're still in the—well, we just started the book of John. Just cracked into John last week. And we're going to continue it. Tonight and for a while to come. So yeah, sit back, yeah. get comfortable, <laughs> prop your feet up, and get ready for a little bit of, of the wisdom of John, the gospel of John. So what are we reading tonight? We're going to continue on. We left off in verse 5 last week. Tonight we'll do verses 6 through 13. Okay. And you're not reading from the NLT this time. No, I'm not. And we'll talk about that a little later. Why not? There is a fatal flaw in the New Living Translation that I, that I don't want to use tonight. So instead, we're going with the New International Version, another very readable translation. And tonight, it's more technically accurate. Okay. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. Amen. All right. So... This is written by the Apostle John, and we're talking about a John. Yeah. Who is this John? There's so many Johns yeah. in yeah, John. Need, <laughs> yeah. We need more Johns in the Bible, right? <laughs> and more, I, <laughs> so many characters have the same name. I'm Larry. This is my brother, Daryl. That's my other brother, Daryl. The, the man who's introduced tonight is a human being, and he, we know him better as John the Baptist. Right. Which was not his... Real, that not his given name. Right, we were we were kind of joking about that. Was he called that at the time? Hey, look, here comes John the Baptist. No, they probably said, look, here comes John. Right? John. <laughs> no, it's just John. Crazy John, the guy with the wild hair and the. <laughs> to us, though, that's it's it's forever stapled to him. John the Baptist and Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. Jesus <laughs> first Christ and last was not name. His last name. Right. <laughs> And this is the reason, this very first verse, verse 6, is why I could not use the New Living Translation tonight, because the Apostle John, who's writing this gospel, throughout this gospel, never once calls John the Baptist, John the Baptist. <laughs> he doesn't use the Baptist. Instead, to him, he paints a, a, a more significant picture. He's John the Witness. Ah, okay. And that's what he's called throughout this gospel. And unfortunately, the NLT, because they didn't want us to be confused by too many Johns, throws John the Baptist into, into this verse 6, where it can't really be if you want to understand what's going on here, because right. it's a significant change. Right. It's, it's, to make it more readable, for which is what a lot of the 
purpose of the NLT is it's more readable and right. very more, much more understandable. They did that so that it would be clear to you, which John right. we're talking about, not John the... John the Apostle didn't come. It was John, the guy who baptizes, right? Right. So, okay. Um, go ahead. So, um, what's interesting, though, is he comes, uh, according to John the Apostle, from God. So, he is a witness, but he's a witness sent by God. And uh, as I was preparing the sermon this week, it, it's crossed my mind. I, I ask people all the time to be witnesses, to testify mm-hmm. To, to Jesus, you know, to tell other people, here's what Jesus did for me. Uh, and I wonder how many people ever consider that they might be sent by God. Sometimes all there is is that prompting of the Holy Spirit saying, you know, I need to tell these people I'm a Christian. They're, they're starting down a road or they're having a conversation and I kind of need to get out there. I'm a Christian. Well, that's the Holy Spirit nudging you and the Holy Spirit is God. Mm-hmm. So in those moments, you are being called to testify by God, just as John the Baptist was sent to testify. Interesting. Yeah, we learned a lot more about the the origins, if you will, of John who baptized. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> in the book of Luke. Yeah. It gives his true origin story. Right. How he's kind of a a relative, we kind of think cousin, but whatever the relationship was there to Jesus. Yeah. We learn all about that in the book of Luke. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. When I was a younger Christian, a newer Christian, yeah, newer Christian is probably a better term. I was very confused by which John. It's very confusing. Yeah. There's too many Johns. Yeah, so, there are. As a NLT reader, it would have been very helpful. Yeah. So, I don't personally have a problem with it, but for clarity in this, it's good yes. that we're specific about which John, we're talking about. Right. Okay. Why don't you take me into verse 7, then, and we'll start going through one by one. Verse 7, he came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. So what is John John a witness to? Last week, John the Apostle introduces (laughs) Jesus (laughs) as as the Logos, the perfect symbol and representation of God the Father. And that's how we started out, you know, how how significant Jesus is. He is the physical manifestation of God Almighty in a form that we can see and touch and talk to without being incinerated for our sin. And then at the end uh, of that that, uh, pericope, John suddenly changes Jesus to the light. Yes. And so we're still... Now in verse six, talking about the light. (laughs) So John comes to witness to Jesus as the light. And and the reason this is significant, what's going on here is, remember John is writing to a primarily Gentile church, which is not what they thought they were going to get. Right. But it's a mostly, it's a 99.9% Gentile church headquartered out of Ephesus, not out of Jerusalem. But a lot of the unsaved world still considers this just another sect of Judaism. Right. In fact, isn't that kind of what the Romans yes. kind of categorized them as just a sect of Judaism? Don't worry Leave about them. Leave them alone. They're for, just— for, for, for at least initially. Exactly. <laughs> okay. And really at this point, what most of the rest of the world knows about Judaism is it's all about DNA. 
Right. You have to be born a Jew to be a Jew. Yes. Right. If you don't have the right DNA, then God does not love you. According to their Bible, God mm-hmm. does not love you. God will strike you dead. Someday God will wipe all of you who don't have the right DNA off the planet and leave it for just us Jews. That's what they know about Judaism. So when you try to talk to somebody, when you try to witness to someone about why they should be Christian, they're like, I don't. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't born properly. For right. <laughs> I, I, I don't have that. But John comes, and in verse 7, there's this really important. He comes to testify that everyone can be saved. DNA no longer matters. Right. And that kind of follows along with what our last, well, two seasons ago, but in season 8 when we were talking through the book of Ephesians, when Paul was preaching to the Gentile world that Jesus came for all, John is also saying it right here. Yeah. Even though— in our Bible, the book of John comes well before the book of Ephesians, but <laughs> the truth is, that's been the truth since the beginning. So if we keep everything in context, Jesus created the world and all that is. Jesus created people. Jesus came then to give us not just physical life, but to give us illumination into the mind of God. And he came to save us. The Everybody. big us. Everybody. Okay. Yeah. That's very good. Good news, right? Yes. <laughs> we ought to call that the gospel. Hey, good idea. <laughs> you better trademark that for him to steal it from you. <laughs> All right. Verse 8. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. And that's where we're trying to separate John, the guy who baptizes, yes. is not the Messiah. No. He wasn't. He just came to say, that guy is the Messiah. Yes. And we learned about that, I believe, in both Luke and Matthew. Am I wrong? Yes, we will. Okay. Or yes, we have. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, they're covered in those books. Right. And so, yeah, even John said, it's not me. Yeah. You're looking for that guy. Yeah. Okay. John, the apostle, makes a specific point of pointing it out tonight because he's writing this around the year 90 AD. Jesus has been resurrected, ascended, and gone for approximately 60 years. Right. Everybody's dying off except John. He's the last of the original 12 apostles. But there is a cult which is rising up within Christianity already, uh, a baptism cult. And there's, you know, I w- you were baptized by Peter. Well, I was baptized by John the Baptist. And since John the Baptist baptized Jesus, mine's a better baptism (laughs) than yours is. And that's one of the many, many heretical issues that the Apostle John is having to deal with. And so we think that's why he makes such a point of really getting that identified here early in the text. John was not the Messiah. He was not the light. He was just here to witness to the light. That's his function. Get over baptizing. Not talking about baptizing. Right. He's a witness. <laughs> Jesus is the is the story. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's move. The, did you want to hit anything else? The other thing that does is it takes pressure off you and I when it comes to witnessing. John the Baptist is not responsible for Jesus's success, and he is not responsible for the success of the church, the growth and the spreading of the church. His job was to witness to Jesus. How that's received and how people respond to that message is not his problem. His problem is just tell them. And you and I are under that same Restriction. We are we are supposed to tell people the good news about Jesus. Now, 
whether they immediately make a profession of faith or whether they remain hardcore atheists is not our problem. That's not our responsibility. Right. Don't, so don't, don't burden yourself with that. Well, if I say, if I tell this person about Jesus, they may not accept Christ and it may be the only time they, they may never talk to anyone else about Jesus ever again. And now they'll never, that's not your problem. That's not your burden. Just share. You plant the seed. God will sow. It will. Right. Uh, where are we at? Nine? Yes. Okay. Verse nine. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Okay. So what light is Jesus giving? You know, we have the Old Testament at this point. That's all we have is the Old Testament. And the Old Testament talks about God, but it doesn't ever tell us about the mind of God. We get to hear what God wants to happen, how God wants it to happen. And, and we, you know, we see what happens when things don't go the way God wants them to do. You know, when the entire world turns against God and abandons him except Noah, God floods the entire world, right. kills off everyone but Noah and his family, and starts again. When the people in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah turn to sin and deny the reality of God, Hail fire rains down on them and destroys their cities. You know, when when Pharaoh's heart is hardened and he refuses to let the people, the children of God, walk away back to their own land, uh, ten horrible, terrible plagues come to Egypt, the last one being death of the firstborn, including Pharaoh's own. So so what a lot of the, the world knows about God is, do what he tells you, or there will be these horrible, terrible consequences. Right. What we never get to really see in the Old Testament is the heart of God. That's what Jesus brings us when he brings the light. Because of Jesus, we get to see God cry when he finds out his good friend has died and been buried for three days. Right, Lazarus. Yeah. When Lazarus is dead, and, and the sisters, Mary and Martha, are so upset, we see God cry mm-hmm. with us. We get to see God laugh and enjoy a good joke, and God thinks family parties and get-togethers are worth doing, and they're a lot of fun, and you should participate. <laughs> so the heart of God is is missing from our understanding of God. And Jesus brings that. That part of the light is is getting to know God more intimately and, and getting to know the loving and compassionate and 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 kind side of God that right. is there, has always been there, but we just haven't had access to it before. That's a deeper example than what we normally think of is Jesus came to give us an example of how we should live. Right. But we don't at least I don't. I can't speak for everybody, but you don't really think about, yeah, we see a lot more of how God sees it as well. Yeah. We get more of that, like you said, a more intimate view of how God perceives yeah. certain things. That's, that's awesome. Okay. Should we move on then to verses 10 and 11? Yes, please. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Okay, so who are his own? You know, there's a really common misunderstanding here, and and people point to these two verses and say, well, Jesus became available to the Gentiles because the Jews rejected him. And this verse proves that. Not true, right? Mm -hmm. The average run-of-the-mill minimum wage 
work seven days a week Jew. Amaharetz. Amaharetz, exactly. <laughs> I'm Lo- learning. <laughs> loved Jesus. Yeah. Right? That's why he has these huge crowds following him everywhere he goes. The average Jew loves getting to know God in right. an intimate. Because they've been denied him for their entire life. Yes. They've been told you're not good enough for God. And Jesus comes and says, no, no, no. God loves he everybody. Loves he loves you. Yeah. yeah. So for that guy, like us, it's like, wow, this is amazing. God actually knows me and cares about me and loves me. Wow. Yeah, and so yet I'm there's this tendency Jesus. to paint the crucifiers and the and the Amharats with the same brush. No, 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 no. It is the religious official. It's the church. Right. That was supposed to be God's church on earth. That's who rejects Jesus. His church turns him down, turns him away, and eventually kills him. Right. That's that's who the is. Ouch. Yeah. How do we make sure today's church isn't the same problem? And we struggle with you know, that. We do. Huh? Let's move in to verse 12. Okay. Yet all who received him to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Okay. Is this more Gentile good news? Yes, it is. He's still talking about Jesus and salvation being available to the, to the entire world. And this really brings in the concept of free will. Um, versus predestination, that according to this verse, everyone has the opportunity to accept Jesus and be saved. You're either with the people in 10 and 11 who rejected him, or you're with the people in 12 who accept him and become children of God. And that decision rests with you. Your salvation is does not rest with you. Only Jesus can save you. Only God can save you. But the decision to either receive or reject the Messiah, that's yours. Free will is alive and well. Preeminent grace. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, Ken, You're killing I, it tonight. I didn't know it was a pop quiz. I'm not trying to show you how smart I am these days. That's what I get for listening to this podcast. <laughs> I learn a lot. <laughs> Hopefully you do too. <laughs> yeah. And that kind of, the free will kind of Jogs me back to what you were saying earlier as well. We're kind of brought up the same topic, but I was thinking the word free will came to my mind then when we were talking about everybody has a choice. Yeah. We all have a choice to either accept or reject Jesus. You can, I can talk to you and say, hey, here's what Jesus did for me. It's your choice whether you say, yeah, wow, that's awesome, or you're just a kook. Yes. Right? And walk away and never think Jesus or God again. Right. That's, to me, that's free will. Yes. That's your free will to say, or yay, yes. whatever you want. How do you make somebody love you without affecting free will? <laughs> Welcome to my world, son. Right. Yeah. Anyway, if you don't that. have free will, if you're pre-programmed to love God, is that really love? Right. Then you're just a robot. You're a program. You're running. a program. Yeah. yeah. So you're the matrix. <laughs> it's, it's only love if it's freely given. Right. Okay. We're at verse 13. Yeah. And this is kind of continuing 12, but. Yes. Children born not of natural descent, ting ding, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And I picked up a couple of things as I was reading. That's why I called it the ding ding. What's important about this verse? This verse is either continuing on that that regeneration exists. You are born again when you say yes to salvation, or and this is interesting. In the oldest 
versions of of the Gospel of John that we have. The the first version in all Latin, translated by Jerome, we call that the Vulgate translation. In the pre-Vulgate Latin versions, and in the Syriac versions, which is the Gospel of John written in Aramaic, the language of Jesus. And in those, instead of it saying children born not of natural descent, which is talking about you and me, Mm -hmm. in those translations, it says he, and he is the light, he is Jesus, he was born not of natural descent, hmm. nor of human decision, nor or of a husband's will, but born of God. So the way it's printed in most Bibles today, it's talking about regeneration, being born again as a child of God. But in our oldest versions, this is already a, a claim to the complete deity of Jesus, even though he had an earthly mother. And I'll tell you where I went, ding, ding, ding. I took it, children, born, not born of natural descent, saying, okay, this, he's pointing out again, this applies to the Gentiles, not the Jews. That's and what does, I read yes. from it. That's what I got from it. Like, oh, look at that. He's, he's bringing that point home again. So, yeah, you can always translate it or understand it differently. And I'll read it again in five years and say, oh, no, no this has everything to do with Jesus. Yeah. Nothing about your birth. Right, right. <laughs> the great thing about the Bible, and the, the more you read it, it you get a deeper understanding over time. It's outstanding. All right. So anything else on this one? Nope. That's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot in there. there. We could go on for hours about this, but it's really good stuff. If I was to summarize this, I would say that essentially the apostle John is saying John the Baptist in his proper context. Yes. He came not as the Messiah. So if you think you're following John the Baptist as the Messiah, you're wrong. He said it. What, John the Baptist came to do was say, Jesus was the Messiah. And when Jesus came to earth, he came as God, right? He's the, yes. we, earlier we called him the Logos. He came as the physical representation incarnate of yes. God. <laughs> yes, three, three church words for Ken tonight. So Jesus came and what he came, what he brought was a deeper understanding of who God was for us, the people, the normal people. Yeah. An insight into God's heart. Yes. More than just the the hardcore do as I say or you die. Right. Jesus that, or God that most of the contemporaries of this time thought God was. Yes. We're already moving towards a covenant of grace and away from a covenant of law. <laughs> Anything else on this one? Nope, that's all I had tonight. Okay. Have you given a sermon title yet? Calling this one, Can I Get a Witness? <laughs> Where are we going next week? We will continue on starting in verse 14. Okay, so we wrap this episode up. Remember the famous words of Lawrence J. Peter. You can always tell a real friend when you've made a fool of yourself and he doesn't feel you've done a permanent job. <laughs> And with that, I think we'll close this episode. This is Ken Corkins and Rocky Ellison reminding you to love God and be nice to people. 